Hey there, Evil Dead fans. Long time no see. Welcome to another episode of the Ash vs. Evil Dead After Show on AfterBuzz TV. Tonight we are talking about Season 3, Episode 1, Family. We've got a fun show for you guys tonight, so stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. It has been too long, everybody. Oh my gosh. How are we all doing tonight? I'm pretending I have a chainsaw hand. <laughs> <laughs> we could have brought one of the phone ones. I mean, yeah, I mean, there, there are better ways you could have pantomimed. <laughs> <laughs> this really does not resemble a saw at all. No. It's really, it's like I'm trying to do karate and I did not take karate as a child. It, it looks as improv teachers, disappointing. Yeah, it, it's like you're trying to do karate, but your hands are also cold. So yes. you're like try- yes. but you don't so have trying, but you to keep mittens. it in my sleeve. Like I'm doing karate in the tundra. Absolutely. And now. It's great. <laughs> Still in no way resembles a chainsaw <laughs> hand, though. Uh, no. Anyway, hey there, uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead fans. Welcome to another episode of the Ash vs. Evil Dead After Show. Tonight we are talking about the beginning of Season 3. I'm your host, Megan Salinas. You guys can tweet at me at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. To my left is Lex Michael. I am Lex Michael. I am all over social media at the Lex Michael. To his left is Lucretia Lyon. Hey guys, since I'm Lucretia Lyon, you can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. <laughs> um, sadly, Emma Fife could not join us tonight because she's got a work trip coming up that so she couldn't make it. However, you guys can follow her on Twitter and Instagram at Emma Fife. We are going to be keeping an eye on the hashtag ABTV Evil Dead as well as an eye on the live chat for all of you guys joining us on uh, <laughs> joining us live on YouTube. Hi! everybody hello well it was a fun episode (laughs) it was so yes guys it's been a long time uh the premiere for this season i was really surprised when we weren't seeing that it was coming back in october and that instead we had been pushed back to february that's right it is february it's february and we're only just now starting with ash versus evil dead uh how are we feeling because it's been a long time since we've been in the studio to talk about the show uh they got Coogie. <laughs> I love how he was so upset. Oh no, Coogie, they got you too. When this clearly can't be the same person who went to school with you in that mascot costume. Uh, but so, so, Megan, as you as you say, it's been it's been a long while, and I have actually not revisited any of the show. I've not gone back to the Evil Dead mythos since the last time we were in here. So before watching this episode tonight, I. I feared greatly that I'd be struggling to reconnect certain dots in my head. I was very relieved that right up top we got this previously on that, yes, glossed over quite a bit from last year. But I feel like we got hopefully everything that I needed. And I definitely didn't feel lost uh, during this episode. This felt like right our season finale last year felt almost like a soft reboot. A and, little bit, yeah. And so we're, we're picking up from there, and it almost feels like, all right, this is, you know, we're going to reference the old continuity from the, the previous two seasons, but we're we're telling a new story now where they get kooky. Well, and that really is the thing, is it was a reboot in a way because they had gone back in time, and, like, they joke about, yeah, but nothing's really changed. I mean, obviously things sort of have a little bit. And, yeah, I mean, Pablo's got his dream, and Ash has Ashy Slashy's hardware store. <laughs> Slash sex toy emporium? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Can we talk about that a little bit? Because I, I I always wonder what Ash's life would be like if there were no deadites to constantly be plaguing it. I loved this idea that he finally gets to go home and what he chooses to do. Like, he's, you know, some people definitely think he's a weirdo, but he's got relative uh 
town hero status now, what would he do with such esteem, such a place <laughs> of power in the community? And it's exactly what he probably would have done if he had never left Michigan in the first place. Yeah, take over his dad's hardware stores and put dildos in it. I absolutely adore just the small details like on the shelves and on the aesthetic of the store itself. It still had Brock's name on it. And <laughs> he just instead, of, it instead of getting a new sign, he just crossed out Brock and put Ash instead. I love how cheap Ash is. It also just like in this point, it's like, isn't this a little insulting? But no, 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 uh, this is Ash. Yeah. Also, did we see anything on display that was decidedly a sex toy? Because oh, based on dildos, yeah. Okay, because based on the ad, it seemed it seemed to imply that he means for us to use the hardware. <laughs> yes, it, it kind of looked like, uh, especially when he's talking to uh, young ladies who were in line. He's try. It's like he's trying to like hint, hint, nudge, nudge about not ways the various hardware could be used. Right, and like you're painting truly horrifying <laughs> images in my head. Scarier than anything the Deadites have been doing. <laughs> and it's it's so... It's funny because this is absolutely the sort of thing you would expect from him. It's one of those things where I don't think I would ever expect anybody to take a hardware store and to start putting sex toys in it. But when I hear Ash Williams did that very thing, it in no way surprised me. I'm like, yep, that sounds like something he would do. And as a marketing tactic, it's it's got to be effective, right? Like You <laughs> will remember at the very least that there is a combination hardware sex toy store, <laughs> regardless of who owns it. And as long as you're going and spending your money, does it matter if you know who the owner is? Well, yeah, I mean, it's Ashy Slashy. He's the town hero, too. So you really wouldn't care if there were sex toys or hardware or both. You're like, they're going because he's like, look at him out there. Like, he's so ha- Finally, he's a hero to these That's people. a good point. Yeah. He's, he's a, at a perfect nexus point between the liberal and conservative communities <laughs> in, in Michigan. This is, yes, this is truly fantastic. See, I wish him all the best in his new venture. See, Ash is who we need to bring this country together, as we <laughs> saw that he did with the hardware and the sex toys. And that's just a symbol of bringing conservatives and liberals together. (laughs) And you can also get fish tacos outside from Pablo. Uh, Again, bringing members of the community together, putting immigrants to work. Every demographic, they four-walled their business, and they can't have been running for more than a year. (laughs) You you know, um, it's really funny thinking about uh, thinking about Ash's hardware store in this sort of context in making it like a community center focal point um, again bringing together all walks of life it's really funny thinking of it that way because remember uh, before season 2 began uh, when they were having all of those sort of election sor- uh, marketing campaigns for the show mm-hmm. like uh, mm-hmm. at elect Ash with like the American flag yes a lot of the saluting be- stuff because it was an election year it was, now that I think about it, I was like, is, are we one step closer to Ash as president? Because, like, he's a small town business owner right now who brings together all walks of life, who can act as a bridge point between liberals and conservatives. Guys, is this a stepping stone to Ash becoming a candidate? Well, uh, as we've seen in real life, anything is possible when it comes to that. It would not strain credulity any more than what we've already lived through. I did. I was thinking about, though, because you bring up like Ash Williams operating on a potentially national scale. And of course, if he assumes the presidency, we're here already. If he assumes the presidency when it happens, as it now inevitably must, uh, he's uh, he's a he's a he's a world leader. He's operating now not just on a national stage, but an international one as well. While I was watching this episode tonight, my brain 
brain, little part of my brain jumped off in that exact direction about how what happens if, like, if he's elected president, because you know what would happen. He'd save the world only after unleashing deadites across the globe simultaneously and getting at least a third of humanity killed. <laughs> and then he would save all of us. But that would be really exciting to watch. It would cost so Are, much money. Arguably, that's sort of already happened because deadites were unleashed on the world already. That's a good point. But, like, that timeline doesn't exist anymore yeah. now, right? So no, we could... We fixed it. We yeah. fixed it. And two, killing off a third of the population is another possible presidential <laughs> platform. Like, population control, guys. <laughs> I just really love the idea of President Ash fighting deadites. Uh... If that's not how season four begins, uh, stars, uh, maybe give us a call. Uh, We've got uh, some pitches. uh, Bruce Campbell's uh, season two of Fargo, Bruce Campbell did an episode as Ronald Reagan. And since then, (laughs) I've been desperate to see him play the president of something. (laughs) And late to the party here in the uh, chat says, um, Ash for president. He gets our vote. Yeah, I like that. You know, see, we're all on the same page. It literally couldn't get worse. (laughs) So yeah, let's let's get back to talking about the show as it is, and we can save some of this more uh, potential. Uh, electoral candidate stuff. We can talk about that when we get towards predictions. But I don't know, because I feel like it's important now to just start throwing all of our craziest ideas into the ether, because if you guys remember, the prospect of Ash having a secret daughter was something we tossed around heavily last season. (laughs) It's actually, that actually brings up a good point. Uh, A big portion of this episode was Ash reconnecting with Candy, uh, his Mm -hmm. wife, who apparently he was still legally married to. They never bothered to get a divorce. Um, and and finding out he has a daughter named Brandy. Now, it's interesting that you bring up, you know, what, what we were theorizing back in the day, because if you remember, not long after the last season ended, uh, one of the former showrunners, Greg uh, DeGregario, I hope yes. I'm pronouncing mm-hmm. that right, he had left the show. Uh, and he was one of the showrunners most responsible for scenes like the uh, the morgue scene from season two. You know that that where his head butt. is in a butt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. the best scene of last year, uh, arguably, yeah. absolutely. So it's one of those things where he and the other showrunners often butt head butted heads about whether or not the show felt like Evil Dead, which is subjective. Sure. Um, so with him leaving the show, did you guys have any concerns about whether or not the show would continue to up the ante or if it would become a little bit, if it would lose something since he left? I was a little worried at first, especially because he had set up that, you know, it was going to be Kelly and that the going back in time would have switched it where Ash was her dad. And there were lots right. of Easter eggs and stuff sort of leading up to that. So that was a little frustrating. But at the same time, I was a little on edge that it might not be as funny, but they clearly outdid themselves with putting sex toys in the hardware store. I mean, (laughs) and and it can only get better because I feel like, you know, yes, his presence may not be there, but I think they've still kept the core of the show. And I think that maybe having this new daughter might be an interesting dynamic and Kelly can still be Kelly. Yeah, I mean, I I feel the same way. Having seen the premiere now, I think any concerns that I had have been uh, largely mitigated. Uh, But yeah, at the very end of last season, I think when that shakeup happened, we got the finale. And I I really enjoyed all of last season. I felt like they took everything that was great about the first season and cranked everything up, cranked up not just the the gore and the crazy horror stuff, but also uh, the the humanity of it and the character relationships. And then it felt like at the very end of the season, we pivoted 
really hard away from all of that in a way that, yeah, I found a little bit jarring. And so the concern that I had was, all right, well, are we going now in a direction that warranted that super hard pivot? Yeah. <laughs> they got, I mean, again, it's only it's one episode, right? It's a single half hour. So, of course, I don't know necessarily what what the overall season is going to look like when it's all said and done. But, yeah, I had a really great time with this premiere. The... They, got, they got kooky. <laughs> you know, you're never going to get over that, huh? I'm so I'm sorry. Not, that's, there's one one thing every handful of episodes that, like, if not uh, messes me up, imprints on my brain in such a way <laughs> that when I think about the show, I will inevitably think of that image as one of the first, you know, three or four things. I'm pretty sure this season it will have been kooky. Yeah. <laughs> kooky upset you more than uh, candy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. Is that messed <laughs> up? Is that wrong? There's no. something. I mean, that's that's a fair assessment because we had only just met candy. There's something perverse about taking an adorable mascot and and... I guess corrupting it, I suppose, is what you could say uh, that the Deadites did to well, it. Well, luckily you weren't at San Diego Comic-Con a few years ago. <laughs> what, what, what Luigi and Pikachu did on their break sometimes was very much like Ash in this episode. So um, I guess that was not news to me. I'm like... <laughs> well, okay, yeah, let's, let's talk about the high school setting a, a little bit because... That's something that Evil Dead has not done yet. We've gone back to the small town, which is fun, but we actually haven't, strangely enough, even though this series started with a group of college students, we've never kind of fallen back on the high school sort of tropes of like, oh, look at all these high school students who are dealing with all this high school drama as played by 20-something-year-olds. Right, which almost every other prominent horror series trades in, largely. Yeah, yeah most most slashers are focused on, um, whether they be supernatural or not, seem to focus on teenagers and high school students, not necessarily college students and above. Yeah, because who do you want to die more than teenagers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Depends, the worst. Depends on the <laughs> yeah. franchise, but yeah. you got a good point there. Yeah. <laughs> um, what I kind of, what I was a little bit concerned about was like going back to high school is like, mm, one, you know, something that, again, Evil Dead has always sort of steered away from that, and that's something that's always made it unique. So I was a little bit concerned, like, are we going to fall back on some high school horror tropes? But I don't think that was the intention, and I don't think we're staying there for very long. I feel like that was just an introduction to this character who's getting ready to graduate. Yes. And it was an excuse to have <laughs> a, a few really interesting setups for some deadite attacks here. Yeah, the band room was gnarly. Oh, I love that. Like, using all of the instruments and everything. Thing, although who the harp was awesome believe me at the end but what high school has a harp yeah they have huh. a great arts funny. program yeah, I, know. I was like <laughs> they in, said in this school really well apparently. i did not take band yeah. class when i was in high school and i only ever played the recorder <laughs> growing up so i am not the right person to ask no. there may have been a harp in one of the band rooms at my high school. I could not tell you. I, I definitely remember being in high school and seeing one of my classmates playing a harp, but I couldn't tell you if I saw it in the high school. <laughs> and if not there, 
I, then where? Right. I, I don't know. So we're going to say maybe. And if not, yeah, very well-funded arts program in Elks In Road. the comments below, let us know if you had any heart players at your high school. Yeah, because my high school had, like, an orchestra program, like, as well as band, which was different. But I was like, even they, as a well-funded program like it was, didn't have uh, a heart. <laughs> I was like, whoa. I, I, I will see. say that um, when this show chooses to lean into the horror and chooses to lean into, as you pointed out, the, the human law sort of factor and how kind of devastating that would actually be in real life. We know Ash is the type of person to just repress all his feelings. Right. But when the show actually chooses to dwell on something sad or something that's supposed to be moving, it's pretty effective. And I think one of the good uses of that actually was the harp as a musical instrument. Like, before the Deadite started just, like, hitting all of the strings, it was playing, like, this very hauntingly beautiful song that was very mournful. And not for nothing, she can hop around to all of these instruments in a snap, and she's clearly a capable harp and piano player. How many Deadites, uh, and if none... Why not? How many <laughs> deadites do you think have put this talent they seem to have for playing multiple instruments simultaneously to good use? Like, where can I get a SoundCloud link to the deadites music? Yeah, how many deadites does it take to play a harp really well? How, how many deadites does it take to make a band? <laughs> and also, Apparently just one. How can we get this band to happen? And how long until they put out an album called Do the Necronomicon? <laughs> I... If we just keep talking about it throughout this season, we'll see it within the next couple of years. If, Make it happen, Internet. If we don't have a Deadite band, guys, I don't even know what we're doing here, <laughs> to yeah. be honest. And late to the party in the chat answered, that, uh, they had a harp at their high school, but it belonged to a student. So Okay, I'm so it wasn't yeah. actually property of the school. Yeah. Sorry, also, I just figured out that this person in the chat's handle is late to the party. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were making, kept making fun of somebody for getting into the chat late. Yeah, late to the party. That's your name. <laughs> <laughs> no, nope, that, that's her name. I, I like it. It's clever. Um, but yeah. so, but so, uh, Megan, you mentioned the contrast, right? Like when the show does decide to lean into the actual human loss for characters, unlike Ash, who aren't so completely desensitized to any of it. And I think we saw like in this episode using that contrast as a, a way to maximize comedic effect because Brandy's complete devastation by the end of this episode juxtaposed with Ash's complete lack of giving a shit was <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, it was it, it actually did talking about how you know, we can have this character to be Ash's daughter and explore that potential storyline while still allowing Kelly to be her own person. Uh, I really appreciate that um, because this moment was actually very similar to when Kelly lost her parents. Yes. It is. It's just this complete and utter devastation. And now you're launched into this supernatural world with the worst possible tour guide there to probably get you killed. Yes. And kind of another another danger is that, one, every family member that we've seen Ash have has died mm-hmm. up till this point. And along with every love interest, with the exception of Linda from last season, who thankfully is just, I hope she's on vacation or something, living right. her best life. Yeah, we don't want you to kill Michelle Hearn. Please mm-hmm. don't. I did Please like don't. the reference in this episode to this is where he met his first Linda. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> 
who I assume is the one that died in the cabin. I'm not sure. I go, who knows? Well, they were in college at that point, That's so he true. might have cleared a Linda or two Linda? Okay, before I, that. How many Lindas has this man dated? Right, and There's I would think few. you'd have to get through a Linda or two before deciding finally to commit to one. <laughs> But uh, interestingly, the, the woman he drunk marries while dressed like Freddie Mercury, I guess. I, I loved that mustache, and I love that this was in Branson, Missouri, which is a place <laughs> I had to visit yeah. several times as a child. So I was like, oh, yeah, this I is thought it was. I thought it was more of a village people thing, but it oh. might have been Freddie Mercury. That's a good point. Yeah. Actually, village people was the poll that I was going for that I completely spaced on. You're right. The dude, like, it, which letter is the biker in the village people when they do YMCA? I don't know. Is it just like, do, <laughs> Chat, do you think they us. like choreographed it ahead of time? Them. Right. Or like, is it just like wherever we end up, look where you are in the line. Or is it like, guys, I want to be the Y tonight. Can I yeah. please be the Y tonight? I am always the M. <laughs> I, I want to I I stretch. I, I just I got range. stretch my arms towards the heavens. I'm sorry. I'm like putting my arm all the way <laughs> into Lucrece's face. Um, but, but interesting that it, we get a reference to the series of Linda's in this episode, but the woman he drunk marries and conceives a child with, not in fact a Linda. No. An, an anomaly in his dating history uh, in more ways than one. Well, we we've seen that he he's definitely willing to date people who aren't named Linda, uh, as we saw in season one. Yes, but I have I feel somewhere in my in my soul that <laughs> you'd have to be Linda's maybe possess a specific set of <laughs> genes that make them predisposed to being willing to actually date Ash. <laughs> And we don't know what her middle name was. Her middle name <laughs> could be Linda. That's, That's good. very true. Yes. Uh, her name was Candy Bar. <laughs> oh, that poor, yeah. poor woman. Uh, My name was almost Dandelion. Parents it, are cruel. <laughs> I know. It's like, uh, but then they picked Lucretia. Okay, your first name would have been Dandy. Yep. Your name would not have been Dandelion Lion. No. It would just spend dandy and then lion. Better or worse if it's dandelion lion? Um, I, I don't know. I think that would somehow make it better. <laughs> right? That sounds so whimsical. Yeah. Dandy, lion, lion. Do you feel like your life would have been different? Like, it would have been all sunshine and rainbows? Um, maybe. I don't know. You finally <laughs> opened that hard, yeah. hardware slash sex toy emporium. Exactly. Well, it would kind of combine. Well, it'd have to be like a, a strip club and then a lube uh, place that would combine my parents' loves and jobs. <laughs> Well, now we're just getting dark. Let's not talk about me. Anyway, <laughs> to get back to this episode and talking about the fact that Brandy, her that that moment where Candy gets killed, for one, it's pretty gruesome and pretty dark, but also kind of funny. So it's like perfectly in line with Evil Dead. And I like that even though this poor woman was brutally murdered, Pablo still got to have a hero moment for yeah. a second. Just oh. couldn't say yeah, both he of them. Pushed her out of the way. It's like so sweet. I love yeah. Pablo. Yeah, it, it's. It's so sad because he's he's going to have to... That, I'm sure that'll come up yeah. of like, why did you push me out of the way? Like, you could have saved both of us and that could potentially be a point of contention in the future. That's yeah. That would be awkward. Yeah, I would not want to have that awkward. conversation with somebody after I saved them but not their mom. Oh! I don't want that. No. I don't want that for me. No. So if it comes to it, I'm not saving either of them. <laughs> Just that's the lesson here. Just don't <laughs> save anyone. <laughs> <laughs> the um, but yeah, talking about uh, this moment, I I have to ask. Maybe it's a little too early to do this, but prediction. I mean, 
I feel like it's okay to talk. We were talking yeah. about whether or not he's going to become president, president earlier. Yeah. Um, how do we feel like Brandy? <laughs> do we feel like Brandy has an expiration date? Because we get this image at the very end of the episode of the ghost beaters, ghost facers, ghost beaters. I was like, I, ghost facers I was, is super. I was going to say which yeah. one is which. I forget. Um, but we have the ghost beaters coming back together, and we have these now two added characters and. Track record-wise, added members to the group don't necessarily fare well. Right. Mm -hmm. So do these two, and we'll talk about Dalton in a little bit, but do these two new characters have an expiration date? I feel like with Brandy at this point, they seem very committed to this Ash being his dad. I mean, that was all of the promotion. I know I kept playing all the little Ash dad advice videos. I feel like they've set this up way too much for her to bite the dust like, you know, every other member of his family, at least this season. So I feel like Brandy is safe, but maybe not Dalton. I feel like there's almost literally zero chance. Maybe not (laughs) not quite zero, but real close to zero percent chance that Dalton makes it all the way through this season. (laughs) I hope that uh, he lasts a little while, if only if only so that, like, they have one more person shooting deadites, keeping them away from them. But no, like, he's almost certainly going to die. I, I think it's a lot harder to kill off Brandy now that we've established her as somebody so close to Ash. But it also depends on how resistant the showrunners are uh for Ash to actually grow and change because now, especially because Candy, uh, super decapitated, um, he, he has to now figure out how to be Ash Williams single dad. Right, right. Exactly. Um, so if you kill her off, then no matter how far down that path he gets, you've, you've now cut that (laughs) storyline off and you can at any point have Ash essentially go back to just being Ash. So it really depends on how resistant they are to allow him to move beyond that in at least one very significant way. Well, here's the thing is the thing about parenting is you don't actually have to grow up or be good at it at all to have a kid. And then (laughs) luckily she is a teenager, you know, speaking from obviously personal experience. I mean, hello, what, the hell were they going to name me? Um, but yeah, like, so Ash doesn't necessarily have to grow up and change. So we don't have to lose Mr. Sex Toy Emporium and Hardware Store. I feel like they're going to maybe have a little bit of him trying to be a parent, but they can't take take his sweet personality away. Right. I don't mean to imply that I think no. Ash would ever stop being Ash entirely, but I do think he's grown just enough that he may be inclined to listen to Pablo and Kelly, who I assume will both, even if Kelly develops a bit of a jealousy <laughs> and Pablo potentially develops an, like infa- an infatuation. I feel like more likely yeah. to be jealous. Je- right, a jealousy of their relationship, whatever it happens to be. I still feel like both of them will be encouraging him to step up and, mm-hmm. and fill this role that is his responsibility, and I feel like he's grown just enough that he may he may allow some of that He's in like, coming from maybe his friends. they've got a point right the um i feel like if they're going to kill her off it's not going to be in the first half of the season i feel like right. if that's the decision they're going with it's going to be towards the end of the season where it would hurt him the most oh, like yeah. you have to give them time to develop a relationship that is assuming she sticks with their group um we'll talk about it a little bit more in predictions but it could be that being around ash is actually the least likely thing that she's going to do she's far more likely to survive through season 10 if she's on the other (laughs) side of the country she's like i wash my hands of this good good day sir right like if you're not one or two people if you're sharing the frame (sighs) with ash 
for longer than about 30 seconds, you're almost certainly going to die. Maybe even if it's only 30 seconds. Well, and as we say, I mean, Kelly and Pablo have obviously left. I mean, Pablo died, but we got him back. He got better. Yeah, and that's the thing, is she could possibly join that little group, because this is also the first time Ash has had these people, but he's had them for two seasons now, so there's a possibility, but late to the party, thanks. Um, uh, Dalton could be Ruby's kid, uh, or Dalton could be Ash's son as well, (laughs) a la Star Wars, but yeah, like... Is she doesn't think that Asha will let, la- uh, maybe they won't last. I mean, I'm thinking Dalton for sure is gone, but. You know. Yeah, maybe we should start talking about whether or not uh, Ash actually has a ton of kids out there. Because a let's, possibility let's be honest, the fact that he has only one child uh, in the show at the moment actually seems the more unlikely scenario. Especially considering he apparently <laughs> used a single condom for decades. Uh, yeah, like that is A, gross, and B, just like, seriously, what? <laughs> They're not that expensive. What's wrong with you? Oh, my God, Ash. O for 50 is, I think, what he's for 50. No. Um, but, yeah, let's talk about Dalton a little bit. Um, yes. Do you guys have any other thoughts on Brandy or uh, sort of whether or not what we can expect from her this season? Uh, I mean, my thing really in this moment, it's so hard for me to predict anything that happens on this show. And every time I do, I'm greatly mistaken. Um, but I want to shout out this actress's performance because yeah. she is incredible. And she makes it feel so because so much of what happens in that sequence leading up to Candy getting killed is so in true Evil Dead fashion, so big and crazy and over the top and disconnected from our reality. And she so grounds it in this real profound sense of a loss and be complete what the shit is happening and it's genuinely affecting in a way that it like it centers me as a viewer in a way that i don't often get to feel in an evil dead story especially the further we move into them yeah that like we're as as longtime fans of this franchise we're used to seeing deadites kill people and usually people who they are connected to them in some way so it's it's always a nice reminder to get a fresh pair of eyes right it's been a little while horrific world yeah yeah it's been a little while since pablo and kelly were that and they were really only that for a few episodes at the beginning of the first season like they they managed to acclimate and so now even though like pablo is still affected when he sees a woman get decapitated he still looks like a, a shocked face he's not he would have been a version of brandy two three years ago yeah and i just want to shout out the actress ariel carver o'neill um because she is from new zealand as well so she wow. has an accent uh regularly so uh, not only is she doing so well with these scenes but putting on an american accent too seamless i would have yeah. never guessed yeah. Holy cow. Congratulations. She is extremely talented. Yeah, and we will have her here in studio on Thursday at 2 p.m., guys. If you guys want to watch that for After Buzz TV, we will, and maybe we'll see some other familiar faces besides Ooh. myself. Yeah. Plug, plug. Cool. <laughs> she is plug. I'm like, hey, when that's we're this, talking about how awesome she is. That's yeah. this coming yeah. Thursday. This coming Thursday, uh, March 1st. Horror yeah. TV, right? Um, actually, it'll just be Ash vs. Evil Dead Presents now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. Cool. Perfect. All right. So, yeah. Uh, the only other thing I want to talk about is that I'm surprised there's not some sort of law 
against ash coming within like 50 feet of a high school that's that's all i have to say no kidding like even though now he's uh you know he's got the legendary hero status in that town you think it would take a while to get the paperwork finished on reversing that particular or or even it's like look you're a town hero but still just stay away from yeah don't do it just yeah, just leave the kids steer alone, clear <laughs> because it's like now you have power i i really want them to do more flashbacks of him in high school uh and it's still bruce campbell yeah. like yes. as it's kind of like Mulder in the x-files a few weeks ago where it was just david Coveney's head on a child's body like we need uh bruce's head on a teenage body disturbing things i've ever yeah. seen um no actually maybe the, this is a thought but maybe the reason ash was so affected by the mascot becoming a deadite was because he used to be the mascot I don't see Ash going full mascot. He's too cool for that. You know, he hit a joint in there. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I just, I'm agreeing. And he could have hotboxed the mascot head. That's exactly uh, what I, I was just I've thinking. I've done that, and it is pretty fun. <laughs> Right? Like, you'd actually think that'd be a perfect, because he would just get to go to all the games and, like, go to all the parties and stuff. But then he could also just sit and hotbox the kooky suit. Exactly. Yeah, just be completely ripped the entire game. I I think that was a deliberate uh, attempt on the the Deadites to hurt him. Oh, well, it worked on me. Lux is going to have nightmares about this. It's not even, you know what? It's not even corrupting the mascot. It's the mascot bleeding from every orifice <laughs> that messed with me. Ble- sentient blood, apparently. Yeah, that just surrounds you in a darkened hallway where the lights flicker. Or maybe it's just like refracting DNA from everything around it. Like, I just saw Annihilation, so maybe this thing popped out <laughs> of the shimmer. And that explains why its blood is moving around and trying to eat them and whatnot. <laughs> That's a crossover I'd like to see. Oh, um, but yeah, th- I-, I love that Like we have this harp that uh, is used to slice a teenager's head into multiple That's sections. So it but so it's, cool. it's still the, the mascot where you're like, no, don't. Well, what the mascot do to anybody? <laughs> like, look, if you're a human being and you've made it at least midway through high school, you've definitely done at least one crappy thing to one person at some point. No, no matter how that minor, warrants you heart must to the face. Done, but yeah. I'm just saying, by comparison, Coogie's done nothing. Coogie is not the person wearing Coogie. Coogie is Coogie, and Coogie is pure. <laughs> Coogie is more than a person in a suit. It's a symbol. Coogie yeah. is bigger than all of us. <laughs> okay, so yeah, let's let's talk about Dalton a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, so uh, uh, Dalton. Dalton is like this. I love the way he's very presented. He's basically presented as the bad boy who like rolls into town, kind of lost boysy, yeah. like on the motorcycle and everything like that. And you immediately get the vibe of this guy is either up to no good or he's the protagonist of a completely different set of horror movies rolling into town, right? Uh, and he's, as it turns out, he's with the Knights of Sumeria. Yeah. Which, the second he opened his mouth in this hallway, because, like, prior to that, I'm like, okay, what's this guy? Who? What team is he on? What's his agenda? The second he opened his mouth, and granted, this might be an act. Yeah, he might be working with Ruby. But, like, the second he opened his mouth and just how earnest he was and yeah. how excited he was to work with Ash, the fact that he's a knight for a supernatural organization. I was like, oh, no. Oh, sweetie, you are 
team, you have an expiration date. I give it three episodes. Right. I hope not. He's adorable. And that's that's a wrinkle I hadn't even considered yet, which is... a, yeah, he's probably going to die, but B, he may also become evil or already be evil and then die. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you see him hook up with kind of Kelly at the end um, and that they were coming to save them together. So I kind of wonder if he and Kelly maybe not have some backstory there, which would be yeah. cool. Does and anybody then, feel like know. there was like a deleted scene where like they met up and it's like, oh, hey, what are yeah. you doing here? <laughs> what was that? Presumably that's who she called, right? Like on the phone where she's looking at the TV. Yes, yeah. but he was seen, I think, rolling into town before that. Moment. Right. I might I might be mistaken. Yeah, I think one. I saw him, you know, around before Kelly showed up because that was the thing is we didn't get enough Kelly in this episode but I liked that you know because it was more like introducing Brandy and all this and you had to have that backstory and of course she saves their asses at the end which is perfect Kelly fashion but yeah with Dalton I love that he's an Ash fanboy but that's what makes me think that maybe he and Kelly know each other and and maybe that's why they're getting close because he's like she's kind of like a girl Ash they share a (laughs) fandom it's cute Um, also, shout out to the local media in Elks Grove, because when the channel changed suddenly at that bar, uh, we see not only do the auctions merit news coverage, but we get the sweet, sweet over-the-shoulder action shot so we can see exactly what item is being auctioned yeah, off. Yeah, I love it. it. was like an antique road show. I will say that like when we were looking at this road show on TV, I was like... What? We didn't see a camera there. And then it cuts back to the antique road show. And sure enough, there's a camera in the background. And I was like, okay, well played, show. Well played. I see what you did there. But also positioned in the shot in such a way that I think if you weren't actively scanning the frame for a camera, you might still miss it. <laughs> I don't, I'm not entirely 100% convinced that the camera was pointed in the right direction <laughs> yes. for it. But there might have been a jib somewhere that yeah. just happened to be out yeah. He's just he's just pivoting. He's just turning back and forth. Also, uh, at this antique road show, the person who walks up with the Necronomicon claims that she just found it in the mud. In the mud. Mm-hmm. How? Like, are are you like looking for it? Like with a metal detector and just looking doing? for random treasure? What was she doing in the mud? I don't. She just <laughs> said in the mud. What were you doing? Were you camping? Were you at, like I said, actively with a uh, metal detector looking for treasure? Well, maybe she lives on a farm. Maybe. I don't and know. She's like no. feeding the pigs and all of a sudden what's this book doing in the pig place? Maybe this yep. is my I will I do I I want to ask guys if we didn't have the context of our horror movie knowledge lore. Sure. And you're just on a walk at one of the trails here in Los Angeles. Like you decided to go out and stretch your legs and you happen to come across a book in the mud first and foremost, but a book that feels like leather and has a face on it. Again, not knowing our Evil Dead lore, would you pick that book up? Yes. Oh, damn straight. Like, yeah, you see half the stuff in my apartment and stuff I picked up off the ground in Hollywood. It's, like, it's just stuff ugh. you found in the dirt. If I had no knowledge of horror movies at all, I don't... I mean, I'd probably look at it for a second. I'd pick it up just to be like, what the hell is this? But if it was clear, like... If the leathery substance, uh, if it was skin, if it was clearly skin, and this was clearly somebody's face, I would probably put it back where I found it and call a very nice police officer to come and pick it up for me. Your fingerprints are on it now. Well, I would just be like, I found it. 
And they'd be like, a likely story. I'd be like, search my apartment. I don't have faceless people in there. You just find eBay, guys. Come on. Yeah. (laughs) There's a whole market for that. That's very true. But, like, my thought is, like, if your fingerprints are on it, you got to take it with you. That's evidence. You got to just keep that under wraps and not say anything. Plus, who wouldn't want a book that's covered in people's skin and has got a face (laughs) on it? And I'm like. Which reminds me, so there was uh, an edition of The Evil Dead on DVD, and I had this edition at one point, but it was the Book of the Dead edition, and it was like, it wasn't leathery, but it was like a foamy... It was rubbery, and you're like, yeah, Yeah, because I had it too. Yeah, it was like a foamy, rubbery case that was the Book of the Dead, and you could open it, it had a few pages, and then the disc was at the back. Um, uh, Allegedly, I never tried this, allegedly, uh, this was apparently uh, denoted as a feature of this packaging. (laughs) If you put it in the refrigerator for a certain amount of time it would feel near indistinguishable from human skin did you ever try it i did not i don't i don't need Lucretia? that i don't need that kind of stress no but i did watch army of darkness with the the wall and thought it sunk, sunk up but, yeah. <laughs> um my older brothers got me a necronomicon notebook for my birthday oh, nice. so cool. i I don't need to find one in the dirt. I have a clean one. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, so, yeah, I feel like Dalton, uh, I feel like no matter what, no matter what side he's on, he's got an expiration date. Mm-hmm. Um, there are only so many people in this little cadre of, uh, can be ghost beaters. And I really don't think Dalton's going to have it. I don't know. Maybe maybe he'll surprise if me. If we're going to keep one of the new characters, I don't think it's him. Yeah. No. Um, but yeah, let's talk about Ruby because she gets the Necronomicon back. And it looks like it's very interesting because she obviously it looks like she's trying to manifest her children as she did in the other timeline. And again, this is 80s Ruby, the evil Ruby, right. <laughs> um, who didn't have 30 years and then a horrible mistake to kind of change her tune about mm, maybe world domination is not my bag. Right. So it looks like she's trying to do the exact same thing. But we also know that time is sort of malleable. Uh, we, we've seen that with the soft reboot. And what does she do is she erases... I don't know if she's erasing Ash from the book or if she's just kind of targeting him. Right, because it looked very much like so she runs the knife through her entire hand. And I was like, whoa, I know you can handle a lot of pain, but there's a much simpler way to do it that doesn't leave you with a hole in your hand. Uh, but... Rubs all of the blood into the page and like all of the blood and the ink from the well, the blood from the book all just runs completely together and then she starts eating it. Yeah, yeah. gross. Yeah, that which was, I was something. like, I don't know if that's uh acting or if that's Lucy Lawless going, This fake blood is really genuinely disgusting. Is, yeah. uh, or if she was like, This is so good, I know it's not scripted, but <laughs> I'm going to start to eat this in the middle of this take. <laughs> and they're just gonna have to keep rolling. Right, right. And I'll play it like this is awful, but mostly I just want to eat this syrupy stuff. <laughs> it's so sugary. It's sugary goodness. <laughs> Um, but yeah are are we thinking that maybe she's trying to mess with the fabric of time a little bit oh i think so i feel like we we're not done with our time travel because that's just that's what makes every show better is messing up time well and also if you're messing up parts of the timeline that directly pertain to army of darkness and dalton is a descendant of the knights of sumeria that could potentially affect what his role in this story ends up being going Mm, forward that's very true 
And the the canonicity of each of the movies has always been a little bit in flux. And even with this show, it's like, what rights do we have to use what? And last season, we did get the rights to Army of Darkness. Right. And so. what if what if we don't have them anymore suddenly? And this is just a way to be like, oh, it, it didn't happen again. Now we don't have to give Universal any more money. <laughs> um, okay. We are running a little bit short on time. Let's do some really quick rapid fire predictions and then wrap it on up for the evening. And now... You're after Buzz TV predictions. So yeah, based on the preview we got for the rest of the season, I kind of don't think that Brandy is super on board with joining Team Ash. I think she goes with Ruby for a little bit. Yeah, I watched like a preview for Ash vs. Evil Dead where they were setting that up and that was some of the discussion is that Ruby is definitely targeting Brandy and wanting to use Brandy against Ash and she's going to be posing as a guidance counselor at the school. And so that should be fun. Yeah. <laughs> see, I don't see the the promos for the next episode. I just I see the episode and then I don't. So I'm going to say the exact same thing I just said. And then I don't see the promos for the next episode. <laughs> the recording but, cuts off. Right. So you mentioned, uh, Lucretia, I think you mentioned something about there being a ghost Brock this season. Yes! yes! Ghost Brock <laughs> was in the previews for the next, uh, for like their wrap up. And it's like, oh, Which wow, this great. will be fun. We get Lee Majors basically yeah. scolding Ash on being a terrible dad when he himself was a terrible dad. <laughs> I love it. Oh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, any final thoughts before we wrap on up? Um, we need more Kelly, and I think we're going to get it. Yes. Yeah. 100% agreed. More Dana DeLorenzo is mm-hmm. always a plus. Absolutely. That one moment of nonverbal reaction when mm-hmm. Brandy was introduced as Ash's daughter has me very excited <laughs> to see where that dynamic ends up going. Yeah. Uh, just the fact that both her and Pablo have, and we're going to get more Pablo magical stuff this season, which... I always Yay. love. I love Our that they've gotten to a, vagina. <laughs> yeah. They've gotten to a point of competency where again, I I would very much equate them as equals with Ash and yes. equally important to the show. So, yes. I'm excited for more of all of that. Um well, thank you guys so so much for watching. Lucretia, where can people go if they want to find you? You guys can always find me at L A C R E T I A L Y O N anywhere on the internet since there is only one and be sure to subscribe to my podcast, Mrs. Brightside on iTunes, Google Play or whatever podcast app you might have and if it's not on there, let me know and I'll put it on there. It's a fun little positive comedy podcast and I can make it happen here. Uh, I am all over social media at the Lex Michael. Also here at AfterBuzz, I talk about Legends of Tomorrow and the X Files, both with Lucretia Lyon. I also do a podcast with Tari J Miller called Missing Out, where we share pieces of art and media with each other. We talk about our own experiences, why that art resonates with us the way it does. You can find that on Twitter at Missing Outcast, uh, wherever you find podcasts: iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean. Come check it out. We love doing it. We hope you love it too because we love you. Mwah. <laughs> Uh, be sure to follow Emma at Emma Fife on Twitter. I'm Megan Salinas. You guys can tweet at me at the Mangwin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I do a bunch of stuff. Just follow me on Twitter. You'll be up to date on everything. Uh, if you haven't already done so, please go to iTunes to rate, subscribe, and leave a comment. We love hearing from you. And it is the best way to let our producers know that you guys like the show that we're putting on. So thank you guys so, so much for watching. We will see you all next week. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Coogie lives! Views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.